How many of you um, do the puzzle page in the paper? Crossword, word jumble, crypto quote? Okay, okay. Um, it's supposed to keep you sharp as you enter your golden years. Yeah. So I've been doing it a lot. And um, last Monday, the crypto quote was by Voltaire, and it was, Appreciation is a wonderful thing. It makes what is excellent in others belong to us as well. It makes what is excellent in others belong to us as well. Now, I hope I remember that at the end of the sermon. Um, I, forgot it. I forgot it at nine. Um, okay, we know the story of Zacchaeus, right? We learned it in Sunday school. We learned it in Bible school. Zacchaeus was a... And a... And he... Okay, you know it. You're Bible school veterans. Okay. Okay. So today, um, wait a minute. Are you, what are you, <laughs> didn't we, what, wait, well, time's moving on. <laughs> Look, at Morning Blend isn't like that, okay? <laughs> For I'm coming to your house today. Okay, we'll, get, we'll cover all of that. So the story of Zacchaeus and, and Jesus is the story of actually two worldviews that clash. You know, and a worldview is how we view the world. And how we view the world determines how we live in the world and how we behave and how we relate to others. So it's kind of important to understand these two worldviews that, 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 that come together in, in the story of Zacchaeus and Jesus. Um, first we'll do uh, uh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus uh, lived in a world of what's called transactional gratitude. Jesus lived in a world of um, Gratitude as grace. Okay. Transactional gratitude uh, can, it, it's, it's like this. You do something nice for me, and I am now indebted to you. You take me to dinner, and I'm now indebted to you to repay you. You uh, bake me a cake, and I'm now indebted to repay you. Um, this was I, one of you who's sitting here right now uh, sent me an email said, will you write a recommendation to me for this, for this job uh, uh, application? And I wrote back and said, glad to. And they wrote back and said, for every superior rating you give me, I will take you to dinner. Now, that is transactional gratitude at its most brazen, okay? <laughs> this is the world that Zacchaeus lived in. It was the Roman world of the first century. It was a patronage world of benefactors and beneficiaries. 
Rome was the occupying army. It was the, you know, it, it, it was the, it called the shots in, in, in Israel and in most of the world. If you wanted a position in the Roman government, you would have a patron. And the patron would be your benefactor, and the patron would get you a job. And in exchange for that job, you would be loyal to that patron or that benefactor. So Zacchaeus collaborated with the Roman government. He actually, you would say, collaborated with the enemy to get a job in exchange for his loyalty and in exchange for probably skimming and giving uh, some uh, you know, cut of the tax money to his benefactor. And this is how one would climb the ladder. Uh, then as Zacchaeus hired people, he would be their benefactor, they would be his beneficiary, and um, they owed him loyalty and a cut of the taxes. So you can see everybody's getting their cut as, as it goes up the ladder, and the people at the bottom, the Israelites, the Jews, are being impoverished by this system. Zacchaeus was apparently very good at what he did because he had ascended the ladder to be the chief tax collector in Jericho. Now, um, this world of benefactor and beneficiary is, is something of a quid pro quo world, you know, which means this is given, that is expected. And we, we can live in this world quite a bit. I mean, I use that example of writing that reference, but you know, often we live in that indebtedness. You, know, you do bake me a cake, and I feel like I have to reciprocate. You know, I don't want to be in your debt. I just can't just accept it. Politics tends to work this way. Um, you know, the political campaign ads have already started. And they're really about being a benefactor or a beneficiary. Is the person for whom you're voting a benefactor or a beneficiary? Now, a benefactor is, is the candidate who says, in exchange for your vote and your loyalty, I will get you a good job. I will get you health care. I will make you feel safe. I will help your family. I will be your benefactor if you will be my beneficiary. And this is a transactional agreement. And that's usually how uh, the ad goes for the candidate who's trying to get you to vote for him or her. Now, if that candidate wants to kind of throw mud at the opponent, they will not talk about the opponent as a benefactor. They will talk about the opponent as a beneficiary. Don't vote for this person because they are the beneficiary of big money, big business, big oil. They are indebted 
to them and will repay them. They won't do anything for you. So don't be loyal to them because they're loyal to somebody else. I mean, that's kind of how politics works. Um, it goes on so often in our relationships. And sometimes it goes on in churches. Um, you know, the minister did something nice for me. I feel like I ought to help the minister by being on this committee. Or the minister sometimes thinks, geez, I did all this for that, that person. I would expect them to volunteer for something. That's transactional gratitude, where we keep score. Yeah. And often our giving to the church is, is based uh, on that. You know, God did something for you, so now you do something for God. What interested me in our video is um, those gifts that you gave to the church and that you give to the church don't benefit you. They benefit other people, like Cap Pride and Ugandan refugees and Stonewall and homeless people and Hubbard School and food pantries. So, you know, this transactional gratitude, um, sometimes it, it's an attitude of scarcity. I, I can only help those who help me. I can't, I can't help everybody. So it works with scarcity. And also, it tends to keep the gifts just within my circle. Those who help me, I help. Those who give to me, I return the favor. It doesn't expand generosity. So enough on that. Enough on that. Then there's Jesus who enters this world of this patronage and this benefactor and beneficiary that, that we so often live in. Jesus enters this world literally and figuratively uh, when he enters Jericho. And he looks at, at you know, Zacchaeus and he says, you come down. Well, he really wants Zacchaeus to come down from that sycamore tree. But he's also, in a way, saying, Zacchaeus, quit climbing the ladder. Quit playing this game. Come down and live in my world of grace. Enter a different world where you're not concerned on where you are in the hierarchy. Enter my world. Enter my world of grace and gratitude. And then Jesus does this strange thing, and in the song I thought it was strange when I was a kid. Jesus says, for I'm coming to your house today. Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. How would you feel if somebody came up to you and said, uh, after church, I'm coming to your house for dinner? Wait a minute. That's rude. You know, we wouldn't like that. Now, I, I, this is kind of true. Um, this is why we leave our vacuum cleaner out in our house. Because if somebody drops in, we can say, oh, we're in the process of cleaning. You know? um, yeah. But Jesus is saying, 
he's messing up the, the, the worldview of benefactor and beneficiary. He's inviting himself. Is he the guest or is he the host? Is Zacchaeus the guest or is he the host? You don't know. All Jesus is saying is let's sit at, sit at the table and let's not worry about reciprocity. Let's just share our gifts and share and give and receive what people have to offer. And let's all benefit from our sharing and our giving and our receiving. Jesus' ministry is about this attitude a lot where one is not to think about what they're giving and not to keep score. You know, he, he just lives in this world of abundance where he says, you know, God's love falls on the just and the unjust just as the rain does. It isn't a quid, quid pro quo world. It's just a generous world of love and grace freely given. Jesus says when you invite somebody to dinner, don't invite people who can repay you. Anybody can do that. Invite people who can't repay you. Again, it's this attitude of grace and generosity. In the parable of the workers in the vineyard, you know, those, those who work an hour are paid the same amount as those who work 12 hours. It's this attitude of, I'm generous, and I'll be generous with everyone. Now, Zacchaeus gets it. He actually seems to have come down the tree, quit climbing, and entered Jesus' world of grace. You know, he says, if I have defrauded anyone, I will pay them four times what I took from them. Well, the law says if you defrauded somebody violently and were caught, yes, you had to do it four times. Repay four times what you had taken. But if you voluntarily confessed, you only had to restore what you had taken plus 20%. So he goes way beyond what he should do because he's confessing. And then he goes on to say, and I'll give half of all of my possessions to the poor. That's way beyond what is transactional. And he's not giving it to Jesus. He's not repaying Jesus. He's giving it freely to the poor and those in need. What he's doing is taking the grace of Jesus, receiving the grace, and paying it forward. That's Jesus' world of grace, is paying it forward. Jesus, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, says, don't let your right hand know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What he's talking about there is, I take the money out of my pocket with my right hand and give it to someone. 
And with my left hand, I'm adding up how much I'm giving and keeping a record and a log of how much they've, I've been given, I've given them so that I can uh, know how in debt they are to me. And Jesus says, don't do that with your left hand. Don't be counting on your left hand. Just give freely. Give generously. Jesus might have been savior of the world, but he was a lousy accountant. Um, I have a friend who, uh, whenever we go out to dinner or lunch, um, she, um, she tips very generously. And it seems like the surlier and the ruder the server is, the more she tips. Because she just feels like they need grace. And they need to be loved. And they need to know that love comes freely. Uh, boy, I like eating out with you. You're a nice person. Um, this is an example from the Pride Parade. It's hard, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to come up with examples of gracious giving where we don't keep score because if you're not keeping score, you're not remembering the, the, the things of grace that you've done. You, I don't remember doing that. Um, it's only other people who can tell you that you've been gracious and who have observed it. This isn't one of those examples. The end of the pride parade, you know, it was hot yesterday. It was hot. And um, I had started, we had a lot of cases of water on the bus to give to our, to our group. And um, toward the end, as we were crossing the bridge, um, well, before that, toward the end, though, I started uh, taking the cases of water and handing them out uh, to people along the route, and they were very, very grateful. Um, and, and I gave it to them just because it was hot. I, it was an act of generosity. I, and um, as we crossed the bridge, that's where the hecklers and the protesters were. And, you know, they were out there with the signs and so on. And uh, uh, I just said to Chris, um, let's give water to the protesters. They're hot, and I said, if I carry the case, will you hand it out to them? So Chris and I got a case of water bottles off the, off the bus, and we ran back to the protesters. And we started to hand out to them, and as we came down the row handing it out to them, I mean, everybody we got to went, they would not accept the water on this hot day. And um, I thought, well, I, I suppose they don't want to be indebted to us. You know, they don't want to enter that world of transactional gratitude. And um, I thought, well, I wish, I wish you could live in a world of grace where you don't have to feel indebted. You can just receive the blessing we're giving you. And as we got to the end, this one protester, I, I said here, and he said, I won't accept it from you. 
And I said, um, okay. And he said, you're an apostate. That's a word I hadn't heard in a long time. <laughs> Do you know what an apostate is? Yeah, somebody who's renounced their faith. Um, it's a person who at one time believed but no longer does. And he said, you're an apostate. And he said, we visited your church a while back. And I remember they interrupted our services. Um, and he said, we need to visit you again. And I said, sure, I, I'm the pastor at North Broadway Church. <laughs> and, uh, so um, I, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I thought, you know, how hard it is, in a way, to live in a world of transactional gratitude when we can live in a world of gratitude as grace, where we don't have to feel indebted, where we don't have to feel guilty, where we don't have to feel like we owe somebody. You know, Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Sure, it can be salvation of... Um, you know, eternal life and life after death. But I think the salvation that Jesus is talking about is a new world has entered our world. You know, it's a new world where we can freely give and we can freely receive and we don't have to keep score and we don't have to look over our shoulder and we can just love without worrying about what's going to happen and what the response will be. It really is a liberating notion that Jesus is offering us. Just love. Quit counting it up. So you remember the crypto quote? Appreciation is a wonderful thing. It makes what is excellent in others belong to us as well. Grace is a wonderful thing. It makes what is excellent in others belong to us as well. Grace is a wonderful thing. It makes what is excellent in Jesus belong to us as well. May it be so. Amen.